The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. We invite you to join us each Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the corner of 16th and 47th in Seattle's U District. For those of you who don't know, my name is Chris Thurden. Yeah, that's me. It's not a lie. Uh, as we get started now, I want you to turn to your neighbor saying, neighbor. That was weak. Come on, turn your neighbor, say neighbor. With some conviction. There you go. Say neighbor. Thank God it's, it's Tuesday. Yeah, for real. For real. Thank God it's Tuesday because you know what? I've been waiting all week, uh, even more so, to be able to be here on a Tuesday night because I'm excited. I'm excited for what Jesus has in store for us tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I really think that lives will be changed tonight. I think that uh, you're going to walk away from tonight uh, looking at the world a little differently, looking at yourself a little differently, looking at God's kingdom a little differently. Not because I have anything spectacular or special to say, but because I believe Jesus is going to meet us here tonight. He's going to speak through me and to you and to me as well. And we're going to just, we're not just going to hear some information. We're going to interact with some revelation. God's going to speak to us tonight and it's going to be a good night. Can I get an amen? amen? Let's go. Good stuff. Uh, I just want to remind you, we're, we're in the middle of a series right now. We're coming, coming close to the end of it. We'll finish it up next week. It's called Culture. Does what we do matter? And um, when we think of culture, when I think of culture, it's the way we relate to everything, the way we relate to God, to each other, to the world around us, the way we relate to food, to our houses, um, to exercise, whatever it may be. That's what I think a culture is. It's the way we interact with the world around us. And so when we think about culture, when we think about interacting with the world around us, this question comes up, does what we do actually matter? Uh, hopefully it does. Um, and so this, this, through this series, Mike kind of started us off. And when I think of... Uh, when I think about culture, I think about a relationship with Jesus and following Jesus. Uh, I like to think of following Jesus um, not just as a decision that you make once in your life, but it's really a relationship and it's a journey that we're going on, right? So it's kind of this journey that we're going along through life with with God. And Mike kind of started us off and he gave us the starting point. Think about any journey. I asked you guys about a vacation. Any journey, any kind of travel, you need a starting point and a finishing point, a destination, right? Is that usually how travel works? Any agreement? Hear, hear. I heard a hear, hear. That's great. Feel free that throughout the night, if you agree with anything, give me a hear, hear. That will let me know that you are, you guys are still with me, tracking with me, not asleep. Please nobody fall asleep tonight. That'd be embarrassing. Um, that's all right. You can fall asleep. Maybe my voice is soothing. I don't know. Um, Right. We're off to a good start. You guys are agreeing with me. I like it. Uh, and so if we're going to travel anywhere, we need a starting point and an ending point. And Mike kind of gave us a starting point. He gave us the place that we, if we're going to walk with Jesus, we need to start in this foundation knowing that we were created in the image of God, created to be co-creators with God in this world that we have, that we find ourselves living in, that God created us on purpose, that God created us and said, we are very good. And that he created us to interact with him, interact with each other, and interact with the world around us. And then, um, for lack of a better term, Caitlin took us through the navigation of that, if you, if you will. That Jesus is going to be the one redeeming all things. Everything that we interact with, all things that God has created, Jesus is interacting with those things and redeeming it and putting it on the right path. Putting it in the right direction. Pushing us in the right way. When we are rooted in the foundation in Jesus, we are moving in the right direction. 
And then last week, we had a prayer night. And during that prayer night, we asked you to take a look around you, look at your surroundings and ask and think back and reflect with Jesus about where we should go next. Where are we going next? And all these things kind of make sense in a journey, but we haven't really talked about the destination. And tonight, I'm going to talk about the destination, where Jesus has called us, where we are moving, where we see and hope that culture is moving us towards. And uh, I'm going to look to bring in the last couple weeks of this series together, tie it all together, and and, and bring us to uh, this place that I feel Jesus has called us to. Sound good? You with me? You're here. You can also say amen, hallelujah, uh, preach it. Uh, yeah, call me brother, I'm your brother. <laughs> Before we get started, I'm going to read the scripture for us tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to it. If you want to look at the screen, you can look at the screen, and then I'm going to pray for us. We're in Revelation. We're going to get a Revelation. We're in Revelation, makes sense. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Pray with me. Father God. Uh, I thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. I thank you so much for the fact that he loves us, for the fact that you love us, God. God, I pray tonight that you would speak to us, that you would speak to me, that you would speak through me, God. I pray that whatever are my words uh, would be forgotten and that everything that's remembered would be from you. God, Holy Spirit, be upon us tonight. Speak to us. Work in us. And move us closer towards you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, You guys know the game Apples to Apples? You hear? A lot of times, uh, I feel like I feel like uh, you guys are in college, so you probably play Cards Against Humanity a little more. But before before Cards Against Humanity, there's this little game called Apples to Apples. And uh, when I was a little younger, uh, me and my best friend um, decided to make Apples to Apples for our hometown uh, hometown edition. Some of you may have heard this story before. We're going to tell it again because it's a good one. Um, Good stories are worth repeating. It's a good thing. If you got a good story, tell it a lot. And uh, not just if it's good to you, but if like it's entertaining to other people. Yeah. Um, and uh, we decided to make apples to apples for our hometown. So think about your hometown. Think about the people, the places, all that. And you start writing down names, writing down situations, all this. And uh, we thought it made it that much more fun because <laughs> it was personal. And uh, things get, the stakes go higher as it becomes personal. And uh, one night we're playing apples to apples with a couple of our friends. Uh, a boy and a girl are there. And that boy happens to be a good friend of ours. He also happens to be dating the girl that's there. But he also happens to be dating another girl. That's another one of our friends. <laughs> and, uh, and me and my best friend at the time take it upon ourselves 
to make sure that every single card we play in Apples to Apples is going to call him out. Every single one. We thought this is going to be hilarious. This is going to be fun. And we're, see, we're, we're rolling on the ground, crying, laughing every time because it is awkward. He feels horrible. Um, the girl is uncomfortable. I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but we did. <laughs> that was a great idea. Uh, and so we like take a break. We're a couple rounds in and my buddy goes over to get water and I walk up to him like, what's good, man? This is funny, right? And he's like crying. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yikes. Uh, then we kept playing and we kept doing it. And, <laughs> but that, that night, no joke, that night, me and my best friend, I sat down, I was like, man, dude, uh, you know, our boy, he was crying. He was like, yeah, man, that was, that was wild. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't think that's good, right? Like, what are we doing? And that night, like, we made a pact that night. We, we talked through some things um, for, like, an hour, a couple hours. And we were like, what are, what's our friendship? What are we really doing? Are we just being friends for each other? Like, we had these two people, our good friends. We were hanging out, like, every day that summer. Like, they were our, our people. And our whole night was just revolved around making us two happy and, like, making us laugh at the expense of everybody else in the room. And we were like, no, that's not what we want our friendship to be about. Um, we decided that night that whenever we hung out and whenever we were with other people, we were going to make sure that everyone around us was blessed by our friendship. We were going to make sure that no matter what we did, no matter who we were with, that they felt invited in, they felt included, that if they walked away crying, it was because they were crying because they were laughing with us, not because we were laughing at them. We made a decision that our lives are going to change that night. And now that's, that's, that's what we do. We try to, at least. I don't think we're always perfect at it. But we hardly ever hang out just the two of us anymore. We always invite people in, and it's always fun. We have a blast. And, uh, and it, people, <laughs> this is no joke. This is no joke. One time, this dude came up to, to me and my friend, and he's like, hey, I need you guys to come to my wedding because whenever you guys are together, it's a party. Like he, he's, we hadn't talked for like years. He's just like, I know that when you guys are together, it's a party. So you come to my wedding. We had no business being there. We knew like three people, but <laughs> it was a party. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that much. And uh, that night I learned something about relationships. I learned that I feel like relationships are layered. There's layers to this, there's levels to this, tiramisu, tiramisu. And, um, and I feel like when we first enter into relationships with, with people, it's, it's kind of selfish. I hang out with somebody because uh, I can get something from them. Uh, they make me happy. I enjoy hanging out with them. They're cool, uh, whatever. Like, that's initially why we start hanging out with people. Is that an agreement? Like, for the most part, unless you're better people than I am, which if you are, God bless you. Um, but then I feel like a lot of times, once we start hanging out with someone, we're like, okay, you know what? This person is cool. I want to see what I can bring to the relationship as well. So now the relationship becomes about each of you. And you'd really try and bless each other in the relationship, right? And so that's where relationships kind of get to, friendships get to. That's the place that they a lot of times get at. And that's where me and my friend were at that night um, when we were playing apples to apples. We were at this place where it was like, our friendship is about each other at the expense. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. Our friendship is good. And uh, we learned that night that <laughs> that's probably not the best place for friendships to stay. Um, we learned that night we wanted our friendship to have another level to it. Yes, we wanted to bless each other, but we also wanted to bless other people with our friendship. And as that happened, something crazy happened. Our friendship got deeper. Our friendship 
became more real to each other. Our friendship grew and people around us were blessed by us. Not because we had anything special, not because we individually were any great people. We just enjoyed being together and wanted people to enjoy being with us when we were together. That's it. I think our relationship with Jesus is a lot like that. Makes sense? It's a relationship. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I first followed Jesus, I was five years old. Not anything special. I was scared as hell of going to hell. Five years old. I'm kidding you not. I stayed up at night. My dad's a pastor, so I've been hearing about it my whole life, the, the five long, hard years. And, uh, <laughs> and I was... I, <laughs> I would like stay up at night scared that I was going to go to hell. So one night in the holiest of places, my bathtub, <laughs> kid you not, I'm in my bathtub, bubbles, toys, everything. And uh, I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know what? This is, this is it. This is my moment, Jesus. Uh, Jesus, I love you. Please uh, don't let me go to hell. So something like, something like that. I just knew, I knew you're supposed to pray and ask Jesus into your heart. So I did five years old. Five years old. I knew at five years old, I knew there was something wrong with the world. I knew there was something messed up in the world. I knew I was in need of a savior. So I came to Jesus because I needed him. I said, Jesus, be in my life. And he was. And I lived happily in salvation and slept great from then. It's not true. I snuck into my parents' room lots of times still. (laughs) Not now, after that. <laughs> 28, I live 300 miles away from my parents. It's cool. Um, <laughs> I, talk to, I talk to them today. Um, we have a great relationship. <laughs> that moment in my bathtub, I experienced the salvation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> But that wasn't enough. Uh, for, for years, I probably stayed at that level, just kind of securing my salvation and kind of went on and did my own thing. From five years old to 18, was just like, all right, let's go, game on. Now I can do whatever, doesn't matter, I'm saved. Uh, Jesus has saved me. I can do whatever, be whatever is great. And it wasn't until I uh, was a senior in high school and uh, one night, I got, our day, I got asked to, to speak at church, and I uh, got drunk the night before because <laughs> I'm saved. And uh, I, I was standing in front of my whole youth group. There's probably about 100 of us, and I was still a little drunk from the night before, and just guilt and conviction hit me like, oh, my goodness, wow. Wow. I, I have been very selfish with my relationship with Jesus. And in that moment, I realized I need to probably give something back to Jesus, <laughs> And so I uh, thought I'd sign up for work crew with Young Life. Shout out Young Life. Y'all ever done work crew? Nice. Well, if you haven't, uh, or if you have, there's an opportunity to do summer staff this summer. Summer staff, it's like the college version of work crew. You should do that. It's dope. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, I don't even work for Young Life, but that's right. Shameless plug. And uh, I did work crew 
And that session on work crew was one of like the best experiences of my life. At summer, I, I interacted with Jesus in a way I never had before. I was giving my life away for Jesus. My relationship wasn't just about me anymore. My relationship with Jesus wasn't just about me and what I got. I was like, I'm gonna give my life to you, Jesus. And I experienced Jesus in a way I never had. I had what some people call a mountaintop experience or like a camp high. I was on this, I was on cloud nine. I was seeing, I got what I like to call a glimpse of heaven. This is what I thought heaven was all about. We were serving serving each other. We were serving the high schoolers. We were talking about Jesus, praying together, having fun. It was a blast. It was awesome. And then I got home and maybe for, like I was different. My parents saw something different in me. People saw something different in me. And it probably uh, lasted for like about a month or two at the most. And then the things of, the, of my old self kind of started creeping back in. And uh, then to like get back to that place, I was like, oh, you know what? I need to, I need to give my life away again. So uh, maybe I'll read my Bible. Maybe I'll start reading my Bible. So I started reading my Bible for like 10 minutes a day, maybe, maybe. Praying like five to 10 minutes a day, maybe. And every time I do that, I have another experience with God. I'd be like, all right, great. Yes, all right, I'm good. Now I can go live on the rest of my day, get on with my life because I've had my Jesus moment and now I'm good. I'm set for the day. How many people track with me on this? You guys, has this happened to you guys? That's, that's how I lived my life probably for a, a long time. And, um, and that was all good and dandy. That was all right. You know what? Like that wasn't horrible. I was learning things about Jesus. I was growing in him. I was becoming a better person. I was uh, growing in, in the Bible, my knowledge of the Bible and, and prayer. But by like, I still found myself having this detachment. Like I would go to church and, and, and get filled up and then I would go home and then slip back into the old ways of life. And then I would do something to get myself back in right relationship with Jesus. And, and it was just like, I was grasping for these glimpses of heaven. And my relationship with Jesus, track with me, if this is how you feel at all, give me a hear and amen. My relationship with Jesus became all about escaping the world of sin or just sin management. That was it. All I did was I would praise Jesus by um, not cussing. Yep, if I made it a day without cussing, I was like, there you go, Jesus. I got you. Or if I like read my Bible, I'd be like, yes, there you go, Jesus. I, I praised you today, so what you got for me? Um, or uh, I would go to church, and for an hour, I'd be able to sing and worship and listen to a message, and I'd be, I would be I wouldn't be thinking about sin or, or my separation from God or the rest of the world. I'd just be in this place where I was just with Jesus and it was great. And then I'd, I'd, I'd leave the place, the door would close behind me and I'd be right back out into it and I'd forget about Jesus like that. You track with me? Is anybody else tracking with that? There's a here, here. I gotta I got tell you something, Jesus wants more. He wants more for you than escapism and sin management. Jesus didn't die on the cross just for salvation. He didn't die so that you could just escape and not sin. He died so that you could experience real life. What did Kelly say? We're about real life in Jesus Christ here. And I think real life in Jesus is more than us just working our butts off to not cuss and then showing up on a Tuesday night at the inn. I think, he, he, I think he's got so much more for you. That's what we're gonna talk about tonight. We're gonna talk about the more. 
We're gonna talk about the reality that Jesus just doesn't want us to just have little glimpses of heaven and then go back into this crap and despair of the world. I think Jesus wants us to partner with him, even in the, the parts of our lives that seem so boring so that we can be a part of heaven exploding into earth. Thanks. Praise Jesus. And so we're gonna look at Revelation 21 because I believe that this really talks to us about where Jesus is calling us to. It's talking to us about the destination. And if we know the destination, it tells us a little bit more of how we live in the now. So Revelation 21.1, we're gonna go through it step by step. I read it before, and now we're gonna, we're gonna do a little uh, exegesis. Look it up. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. What's that mean? New heaven and a new earth. That doesn't mean that uh, this old earth is gonna get thrown away and, and passed away and like that God's just gonna be like, all right, I'm done with this and move on. Actually, the reality is that uh, if you guys know the Bible story at all, Noah, there was a flood and, and God wiped out the earth and saved a couple people, but he made a promise to Noah saying, I'm never gonna destroy humanity like this again. So if God's promised he's not gonna do that, I don't think he's gonna scrap what we got here. I don't, that doesn't seem like what he said. So this new heaven, this new earth, what does that mean? Well, first off, heaven. Heaven is where God is. Heaven is not this, some far off place. It's just the presence of God. Heaven is the presence of God. And earth, earth is, is the things of man. So this new heaven, this new earth, it means that uh, there's gonna be renewed. It's gonna be made like new. So let me give you an example. I like to think of, of, of a marriage, right? And it's actually gonna use that language later in this Verse, but I think of it like a marriage. And when someone gets married, when people, when two people get married, they are new. They are no longer single. They are now married. If I get married, I'm a husband. And if, if a girl gets married to me, she is a wife. She's new. I'm new. A new heaven and a new earth together. The old has passed away. It's new. All right. You tracking with me? So there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So the things of old, the things that are bad and broken in this world, they're going to pass away. And then the things that are good are going to come into this new heaven, this new earth. There's going to be a beautiful marriage. Okay, next we have the sea was no more. That's kind of weird. That, that doesn't make sense. But you look up here, sea and water equals chaos and destruction. Remember when Mike spoke and he talked a couple weeks ago and he talked about how God created things out of the chaos and the void and brought order to it? Well, the word that's used there is that there was water. Before creation, the earth was just void and it was water. And when it says it was water, it means that it was full of chaos and destruction. There was no order to it. And so when it says that the sea was no more in Revelation 21, the, the author, the author, this dude named John, is saying all the chaos, all the destruction, all the ridiculousness in the world, no more. This is what Jesus has for us. This is what God has for us in store. He's taking us to a place where heaven meets earth and the chaos and destruction of the world, no more. That's something I'm excited about. I'm fired up about that. It's good. All right, moving on. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. Bride, it's marriage. Holy city, New Jerusalem. You guys know, you guys, you guys have heard of Jerusalem before, right? But it seems like this far off place. When the author was writing about Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 
is one of the most important cities in the history of the world. And at the time, it was the epicenter of everything. Think New York, think London, even think Seattle. It was a city where people came, different cultures came together, different groups of people. There was, there was music and culture and law and food. And, and it was good. And it was this melting pot, this place that there was religion and everything. All the, 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 the beauty of the world came together in Jerusalem. And when, when John, the author, is saying, I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, he's saying, the, the Jerusalem, the Jerusalem we know, the things of this earth, the cities of this earth, the cultures, they are going to last, and they're going to be new, and they're going to be holy. He's saying, there will be things in this world that God is intended for us. There's going to be things in this, in this new world, this new heaven, this new earth, that last from the old heaven, from the old heaven, the old earth. Does that make sense? Things are going to, he's not going to throw it all away. He's not just going to get, get rid of everything we've done and be like, nope, scrap it. We're starting over, starting at the drawing board. No, this city, this city is going to take the best that man has to offer, the best that humanity, when I say man, I don't just mean men. When I say humanity, that the best that humanity has to offer and it's going to mesh together with the best that God has to offer. And it's going to be so good. That's where we're going. That's where we're headed. Next slide. And I heard a voice, a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. That's just saying, the crap of this world isn't going to win. Uh, I was talking with a friend and, and she was saying she's getting a new tattoo. <laughs> Our first, first tattoo. It made me think about my tattoos. And I'll tell you, every time I've got, every single time I've gotten a tattoo, this is without fail what I thought. I got five every time. I'm never doing this again. As soon as the needle hits, I'm never doing this again. This is the worst thing in the world. It hurts really bad. It's closer it gets to the armpit, the worse it hurts. And I got two that get pretty close there, which is stupid. It's not stupid. I love it. But the pain, the pain is so bad. And I promise you, every time, every time my, my inner dialogue is saying, never again, never again. You're never doing this again. And then as soon as it's done, as soon as the needle's off, I'm like, I'm ready for my next one. Bring on the next one. Why? Because pain, that pain, it's temporary. And this promise in Revelation 21, what, what John is talking here, he's, he's having a conversation with Jesus. And what Jesus is telling John is that someday, someday coming, the pain and the sorrow and the loss and the death and the hurt and the lies and everything in this world that sucks will be no more. It'll, be, it'll pass away. That's where we're going. That's the world that Jesus is calling us into. That's the reality that Jesus has saved us to. Not just that we would get out of hell, but that we would have this. This is what he's called us to. It's phenomenal. It gets me juiced. It gets me fired up. Trademark, juiced. Probably by a juice company, not by me. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> this is what God has called us to. Next slide. And he who was seated on the throne, you know who's seated on the throne? Jesus, correct. It's usually a good answer in church. 
And he who was seated on the throne, Jesus said, behold, I am making all things new. He also said, write this down. These words are true, trustworthy, and true. Jesus on the throne is promised that he is making all things new. What did Caitlin speak on a couple weeks ago? That Jesus is the redeemer, that he's redeeming all things. He's making all things new. Every interaction we have, everything that we do, he's taking away the bad, bringing in the good, all things being recreated, being made new, being made more like this kingdom that he's talked about. And then he says, write this down. If you don't take notes while you're doing things, this is like a biblical call to take notes. I'm not telling you. Jesus is telling you. (laughs) Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. You know why he says to write it down? So we don't forget. That's what I did for years. I would go into church, hear the truth about Jesus, get filled up, walk out those doors, remember for maybe like an hour, then I'd forget and move on with my life. And I was cool with that because I had salvation. (laughs) I was fine. I wasn't going to hell. I prayed the prayer when I was five. That was good. Jesus wanted more for me. He wanted this for me. So what's that have to do with us? What's that have to do with you and with me. This whole kingdom, this whole talk in Revelation 21 about a new heaven, a new earth, a city, a city, a city of the best of humanity and the best of God, a garden city, God's creation mixed together with humanity's creations. Ooh, that's exciting. That's pretty good. What's that have to do with us? Well, Jesus promises us, he's making all things new. He promises us that someday this will be a reality in full. We get glimpses of it now. This, someday this will be in full, that this will be the world that we live in will be what Revelation 21 says. But he also promises, but we, right now we live in a time right now that, that, that scholars and theologians call the now and not yet. That this is a reality that is to come fully, but a reality that we can also experience now. As we begin to see our lives less and less just about me and Jesus, or just you and Jesus, and more like me and Jesus and everything else in the world around me, and you and Jesus and everything else in the world around you, We have opportunities to see this kingdom, to see this reality, to see this truth of Revelation 21 come into the world around us. I feel like it's easy, somewhat easy, to believe uh, that our sins are forgiven. I prayed a prayer when I was five. I didn't know what I was doing, and I held on to that and believed it. Most of you in this room, if you're here, I feel like you've had some interaction with Jesus. There's probably some of you that don't believe in Jesus, and that's all right. That's cool. I'm glad you're here. Uh, but for most of us, I feel like we've, we've, we believe at some point that Jesus died and rose again for our sins, right? You believe that? But for a lot of us, I know for me, it was really hard to believe that this kingdom is a reality, that that promise is true. Well, 
before Jesus died and rose on the cross, people had a, lot, a hard time believing that he could actually bring salvation and forgive sins. And so what would he do? He performed miracles. There'd be a blind man, he'd forgive his sins, and the people around him would be like, hey, what right do you have to forgive sins? And he'd be like, oh, you don't think I can forgive sins? Well, this dude can't see. Watch this. Restores the dude's sight. They're like, oh my goodness, oh my gosh. And he's like, if I can restore sight, I can forgive sins. Man, you can see and your sin's forgiven. Now go on, live your life. Don't sin anymore. It's incredible. People couldn't walk, crippled. People have been crippled their whole life. Jesus would be like, hey, your sin's forgiven. People wouldn't believe he could do it. So then he'd heal a man. Man would get up and walk away, carry his mat. And he'd say, guess what? Your sin's also forgiven. It's tied together. Every time Jesus brought uh, sight back to the blind, healed the cripple, uh, allowed people to speak, whatever miracle he performed, he was bringing that kingdom of Revelation 21 into reality now, right then. It, was, it wasn't something that was far off in the distance. It wasn't something that he promised someday you're going to get there. Someday it's going to happen. Someday you'll walk again. He made miracles happen right then and there saying, my kingdom is now. You are going to walk. Not only are you going to walk, you're forgiven of sins. You get it all, not just part of it, not just a little bit. You get everything that I promise. Now go. That's the reality that Jesus brought us into. But we forget about that. I don't know if you, I, I say we, because I forget about that. <laughs> I'm assume you do too. And I think when I hear salvation, I think that's great and dandy, but what about the world that's broken around me? What can I do? What are you doing, Jesus? Well, there's answers to that too, which is great. Uh, there's, there's multiple times in the Bible where Jesus would heal somebody. He would give them salvation. He would, there's a story of this dude who was uh, possessed by demons. Jesus cast out the demons. There's this lady sitting by a well who was a prostitute, who was the lowest of the low in her, her community. And Jesus told her truth about herself that she'd never heard before, forgave her sins. Both these people wanted to go with Jesus. They're like, Jesus, you healed me. Uh, can, I, can I just ride with you now? I just want, I just want like, I've experienced something really good, Jesus, and I, I'm, I can't go back. I can't go back to the world I was in before. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. Not yet. Someday, not yet. Right now, I need you where you're at. You're going to make a difference. And then Jesus went off with his disciples, and, and we read, he comes back. And when he comes back to those respective places, thousands of people come and greet Jesus on the boat. Thousands of people believe the man who was demon-possessed and was no longer demon-possessed, and he just shared his life and his experience with Jesus. And thousands of people in his community came to know Jesus. Oh, my goodness. How crazy is that? This is a man who wanted to get out of his culture, get out of his world, wanted to escape it because it was difficult and hard. But Jesus had an encounter with Jesus where Jesus saved him. And now this man had something incredible to offer everyone around him. Same thing with the lady at the well. Guys, Jesus wants so much more for you than just sin management and escapism. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, right? When Jesus died, we got salvation. He died in our place. 
He died for sin. So we believe if you want to know more about that, you don't know about that, we would love to talk with you on staff. We would love to talk to you more about that. That's another sermon for another time. He died for our sins. But we don't believe the story ends there. We believe he rose again. And when Jesus rose again, in him raising from the dead, in him conquering death, he is saying, I am the first of this new heaven in this new, new earth. I am the first of the new creation. What I am in raising from the dead, you can be also. This is the power that you have to change your life and the world around you because I am changing it. Are you going to participate with me? Because I have that for you. I have it for you. You get salvation and you get to see the world change. You get it both. You get all of it, not just a part of it. You can take just part of it. That's up to you. You can take just part of it. You can take none of it. It's going to happen either way. Jesus doesn't need you for his kingdom to come, but he wants to use you. <laughs> How incredible is that? <sighs> so how do we live into it? We take those glimpses of heaven. We take those times where we read our Bible in the morning, those times where we get filled up. We take those times on a Tuesday night at the inn, at church on a Sunday, wherever it is. We take those times that we interact with Jesus. And then when we walk out those doors and when we close our Bible or when we say amen, we don't forget. Those things are written down on our heart because they are trustworthy and true. And then we go out and live like they're trustworthy and true. What'd we do last week? All we did was ask you some questions. Where do you live? Where do you interact with? What's going on in your houses? What's going on around you? All right, where's Jesus in that? What's he want to do? What's he doing? I guarantee y'all had answers because we talked to you guys. So Jesus wants to do things. Oh my goodness. We ask him, he tells us, whoa, crazy. Jesus is doing things in the world around us. How do we know? We experience him. He's doing things in our lives, but we just keep it. Sometimes we just hold on to it and say, no, this is mine. This is, this is for me. It's not. You're only going to get a part of it if you just hold on to it. If you want to experience the full thing, oh, let it loose. Let Jesus loose in your life. This is happening, folks all around us. This isn't something just happens in the Bible with a man possessed by demons and a woman at a well. Guys, the inn, this room, we got hundreds of students here tonight. Started 15 people. Bible study in chapel. Some of you guys have been there. Started as Bible study. 15 people said, we need more. Need more than just this. There's got to be more. And I tell you, at the height, this place, thousands of students came on a Tuesday night. And, and over the last 40 years, thousands of students have experienced Jesus through this place, through 15 people saying, we want more, not just for us, but for our campuses, not just for us, but for the city of Seattle. They wanted more. Guys, there's a group of girls here that did Take Root. You've been hearing Take Root advertised multiple times throughout the last couple of weeks. They said, we want more for women in our community. So they did something about it. Take Root went on and was awesome. From pictures I saw and from what I've heard. They said, Jesus, how am I going to partner with you? It doesn't just have to be things at church. 
And through churches, I, I was, I spoke at uh, King's High School about a couple months ago. And there's uh, this morning, I just happened to be there. There's these two students, these two young black girls got up in front of their school that is mostly white and said, you know what? We don't have a black student union here, so we're going to start one. And you know what? Everyone's invited. It's not just for black people. We just want it to be a place that everyone can come together and learn how to interact together, learn how to talk to each other, learn how we can interact with the world around each other better. These two girls, they got up nervous. Their like, knees were shaking and knocking. They were scared to talk to their school, but they got up and they did it. The Black Student Union at King's High School. It's incredible. Guys, this whole series started, this whole series came about from a conversation I had with a student, with one of you guys. And the student was saying, I, I, I'm, I'm majoring in construction management. I don't know what that has to do with my faith. I don't know how I interact with Jesus in that. You guys know that, that construction thing that's going on? Which direction? That direction. On 50th and, uh, and 15th, that big construction thing that's going on right there on 50th and 15th. Well, that's across the street from a church here that owns that parking lot. And they said, you know what? We don't need this parking lot anymore. Like we don't have a ton of people coming on Sundays as we used to, so we don't need this parking lot. But what we do need, what this community does need is affordable housing for immigrants and for people that are getting kicked out because luxury condos are going in. So the prices are going up. So we're going to build affordable housing. So that student with a construction management degree, if he takes that degree and he asks Jesus, all right, Jesus, what do I do with this? He can go in and help build affordable housing for immigrants and people that have Build houses for the, for the homeless, for the displaced, bringing God's kingdom to earth now. What was a piece of shame and guilt and pain for somebody? You can provide a home. Or you can be walking to class and you see someone that you know and you can smile and you can say hi to them. And you can ask them how their day's going. You can take out your earbuds, interact with the world around you. I am the chief sinners when it comes to that. I put my headphones in. I listen to a podcast. I walk down. I'm an introvert. I don't want to interact with anybody while I'm walking down the street. I'm speaking to myself. We have opportunities left and right to partner with Jesus in seeing that kingdom come and become a reality. The question is, are we going to participate or not? When I say that, 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 that God wants to take the best of what humanity has to offer, I mean, God wants to take the best of what you have to offer. It's, it doesn't have to be spectacular. Last night, I was getting ready to, I wanted to work on my talk a little more. And uh, we got a text. I was with some of my friends. We just left the gym. When we were, we were on our way home and we got a text from a friend that said, hey, my, my car broke down at Uville and uh, I need some help. Does anybody have AAA? All three of us were like, ah, oh, we all got AAA. One of us was like, I'll go. And um, then slowly me and my other friend were like, yeah, I'll go with you. It's whatever, like, I'll go. I'm like, I guarantee I'll find something to put into my talk. And uh, I literally said that as I walked out the door. <laughs> Little did I know. Um, we got there and we're sitting in the car and I find out my friend has a whole bunch of other stuff going on in her life. And, and this is just the cherry on top. And she sits there and she just starts bawling. 
with us three right there. And we put our hands on her and we just kind of sit there and rub her back and let her cry. And about 15 minutes goes by and she cries and cries and then she's done crying. And then we go get some pizza. <laughs> then we go walk down to Bartels and get some candy. Then we go kick it in Starbucks for four hours waiting for AAA to come. And you know what? It was the best. We had a blast. We enjoyed each other's company and presence. And you know, when Revelation 21 says, there'll be no more crying, no more tears. Hey, in that moment, the crying stopped and we had a four hour glimpse of heaven together. Unintentionally, nothing spectacular, but Jesus was right there. And oh my goodness, it was great. He wants us to participate with him in the redemption of the world, in these big things and in the small. And the only way that happens is, is if we really take heart and believe these truths. Do we believe that Jesus died and rose again for us? Do we believe that Jesus has the power and ability to do this? Do we believe that this kingdom is coming? Do you believe that Jesus wants more for you? Are you willing to step in to something more? I don't think Jesus just died and rose again for sin management and escapism. I think Jesus died and rose again for salvation and for his kingdom to come in this earth and for us to be a part of that and experience real life in that. Does that mean things are gonna be perfect? Does that mean life is gonna be easy? No. Does that mean that God can bring good out of it? Yes. We just gotta open up our eyes. It's easy for me to get up here and say this. It's easy for me to get up here and, and say, hey, take what you hear in this room and go out and don't forget it. Because uh, the reality is uh, a lot of us will probably forget it. I will probably forget it. Um, but, but if you remember anything, remember that this kingdom's coming. Because when I don't want to believe, when I'm struggling to believe in my salvation, when I'm struggling to believe that God's kingdom's coming, when I'm struggling to believe that I have anything to offer, that I have anything good to give Jesus, that I have anything to be a part of his kingdom, I remember that this kingdom's coming and I say, that is a world I want to live in. That is a world I'm going to hold on to. And I'm going to choose to believe that that kingdom's coming. Sometimes we need salvation. And that's all right. But salvation means that Jesus wants more for you as well. So my question, how are we going to leave this room? Are we gonna leave this room and let the door shut behind us and go back to our lives? Just being high on Jesus for about a couple hours and then interacting with the world like it, we have every other time? Or are we gonna go into our world knowing that heaven is coming in our houses, in our schools, in our classes, in our relationships, in our friendships, in the meals that we cook? How are you gonna change the world you live in with Jesus? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're at work. I thank you that you're moving. I thank you that you have so much more for us. God, I pray again that... Um, Whatever was from me would be forgotten. 
and everything that was from you would be remembered and written on our hearts so that we would remember that your words are trustworthy and true. God, we pray your kingdom comes, your will be done. In your name, Jesus, amen.